Welcome to this series called, What is the Christian Faith? Now that question, I'm drawing mainly from Jude verse 3. Jude is a little book found in the back of your New Testament just before the book of Revelation. It's only got one chapter. And so we just talk about the verses. Jude verse 3 says this. It says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. We are beginning with the question, what does Jude mean by the faith? When he tells us to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints, what is that? What is the faith? That's a question I remember being asked in seminary by a fellow student one day that I didn't have an answer for. I had never even considered that question. In fact, I don't know how long it was after he asked that question before I could have given a, a good, clear, convincing answer. But I think it would be helpful for all Christians to be able to answer clearly, briefly, what it is that all Christians believe. What is the faith? What does Jude mean in this verse by the faith? Those are all important questions, all variations on the same question, I think. What is the Christian faith? So in this first session, I want to draw our attention to what Jude says there in that verse and see what we can discern from that verse about what he might mean by the faith and what he doesn't mean by the faith. And then also draw in a few other verses from the New Testament that will help show us that there is something that we can call the faith, a specific uh, group of teachings or body of doctrines, a set of beliefs, we could say, that Christians hold in common and ought to contend for. So let's begin by looking at Jude verse 3 and asking the question, what does Jude mean by the faith? Well, first of all, we need to point out that the faith is not the same as faith. He's not telling us to have faith. He's not telling us to grow in faith or try to increase our faith. He's not talking about our faith at all. He's talking about the faith. The faith is different than faith or the act of having faith, right? So he's not talking about our faith. He's talking about what we have faith in, what we believe, right? So other parts of the Bible talk about the need to have faith, the importance of faith, and so on. But that's not what Jude is talking about here. When he talks about the faith, he's not talking about believing. He's talking about what we believe, right? And we know that the faith is something that unites all Christians. It's not something that's, uh, that belongs to a particular denomination or a particular church. The faith is something that all Christians share. It's what all Christians believe. It's one of the things that unites us. And one of the reasons why we know that is because of what Paul says in Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, where he says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, 
one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So there in that passage, Paul is highlighting the things that unite Christians. There's one Holy Spirit, there's one Lord Jesus, there's one God, there's one baptism, there's one faith, right? There's one body. And when he speaks of that one faith, he's talking about the same thing that Jude is talking about when he writes of the faith. The faith is the one faith. It is those things that all Christians believe. It is those things that all Christians are united in believing. So the, the faith is not the same as faith. It's not believing, it's what we believe. We can also say that the faith is not the same as the whole Bible. And one of the reasons why we can say that is because when Jude wrote those words, the whole Bible didn't exist yet, obviously, because Jude is writing part of the Bible, right? The letter that he's writing is going to become part of the New Testament, but as he's writing it, nobody has that letter yet. And there were probably other parts of the New Testament that we have today that those he was writing to didn't yet have at that time, unless Jude was the last book of the New Testament to be written, which it probably wasn't. So he doesn't mean by the faith, the whole Bible, right? And another reason why we can say this is because Jude is telling us, right, to contend for the faith and that the faith is something that's been delivered once for all to the saints. But think about this. How many Christians throughout the last 2,000 years have had access to the entire Bible? Before the invention of the printing press, right around the time of the Reformation, around the early 1500s or maybe 1400s, before the invention of the printing press, the only copies of the whole Bible that existed were copies where the entire Bible had been written out by hand which of course was very expensive, and only a handful of people in any particular place probably had one. And you had to be able to read in order to have access to the whole Bible in that way. Most people, for a lot of the history of the church, probably encountered the Bible mainly by hearing it read by somebody else at church, or only had small pieces of it that they uh, possessed themselves that were written that they could read. Um, most people, unless they were wealthy or living in a monastery, probably didn't have access to an entire Bible until five or six hundred years ago, and maybe not even then. Right? Even today, there are Christians who have uh, limited access to the Bible because of where they live. Right? And so he can't mean all of you have the whole Bible, and that's what I'm talking about when I say, you know, contend for the faith. The faith is not everything in the Bible, in other words. It's not the whole Bible. Now, don't misunderstand me. The whole Bible is important. Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So the whole thing is important. The whole thing is God's Word. But that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about the faith, and the faith is not the same as the whole Bible, it's also not the same as saying 
um, the faith is how we interpret the whole Bible, right? Because that's, again, the faith is something that unites all Christians, but all Christians don't agree on how to interpret all the things in the Bible. There are some things that all Christians agree on, that's the faith, but there are other things that Christians struggle to interpret, struggle to understand, uh, we don't all agree, right? We all practice baptism, but we don't all agree on the proper mode of baptism, right? We all believe that Jesus is coming back, but we don't all interpret the passages explaining something about the, the timing and the way it's going to work when Jesus comes back. We don't all agree on all of those things. So when he says, contend for the faith that was delivered once for all to the saints, he's not talking about the entire Bible. He's not talking about our interpretation of the whole Bible. He is talking about something that we receive and not something we create. And that's an important thing to remember as well. When he says, contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints, notice that word there, delivered. Delivered. This was something that was given to you, given to all Christians. All Christians have received this. All Christians have had this the faith have had it delivered to them once for all. Right? So it doesn't change. The faith is not only something we receive, not something we create or make up for ourselves. It's something we have received, something we have been given, something delivered to us, and it's something that we don't change. And it, it doesn't change. It has been delivered once for all. The faith is also something that he says we should contend for. We should contend for the faith. Now, Christians disagree, as we said, about a number of things. And many of those things, if not all of those things, well, I'll say it this way, at least most of those things that Christians disagree about, they shouldn't fight over. Right? Paul talks about some things in particular in Romans 14 and 15 that Christians ought not to divide over even though they disagree. And there are not only practices that Christians uh, disagree on that we shouldn't fight over, but we have all kinds of opinions and interpretations that we ought not to fight over, that we ought not to divide over. Jude is not talking about those. He's talking about those things that we must contend for, that we must fight for those things that we all hold in common that we must be on guard against anyone uh, distorting or denying inside of the church now um, this is important right in part because uh, we, we have two temptations here on the one hand we can be tempted to contend for everything that we think is really important whether or not it is a part of the faith, whether it is a part of those truths that all Christians hold in common, that all Christians believe. We can, we can contend for all sorts of things. We can fight about all sorts of things that we ought not to be fighting over. And on the other hand, we can be so uncertain about where to draw the line and say, these are non-negotiables, these are the things that all Christians believe, that we can end up contending for nothing at all. And, and 
completely missing what Jude has called us to do here. So in order to rightly contend, as Jude calls us to contend, we must rightly understand what he means by the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Right, so um, we get another glimpse right, of what he means by this, or what he, uh, what he probably means by this, in the words of Paul in Philippians 1.27. I think Paul here has the same thing in mind as Jude has in mind in, in Jude verse 3. And Paul even uses some very similar language. Here, here's what he says in Philippians 1.27. He says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you. Now, listen for the similarity to Jude here. I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So, as Jude says, I want you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered. Paul says in Philippians, I want you to strive side by side. That's like contending, right? Strive side by side for the faith. And he even adds the faith of the gospel, which gives us a hint about what the faith is. The faith in large part, is the good news, what the Bible calls the gospel. We'll talk more about that later. So uh, this is not something that only Jude talks about, in other words. This is not something that's just tucked away in a little book, in a little verse in the back of your New Testament. This is something that we encounter in multiple places in the New Testament. In Ephesians 4, the faith is one of the things that unite us. In Philippians 1, we are to strive side by side for the faith of the gospel. Jude says we are to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered. Clearly, there is something called the faith that the early Christians were familiar with, that they knew, that they all had in common, that they all agreed upon, that they all believed. And it was important enough that if somebody came into the church denying a part of that faith or distorting a part of that faith, Christians were not to accommodate that or make excuses for that, but they were to stand firm, they were to contend, they were to draw a line in the sand and say, these are things that we believe and we will not relinquish them. We will not stop believing them. We will all affirm these things together because this is who we are. This is what we believe. Now, uh, I want to show you one more book of the Bible where this comes up pretty consistently, and it's the book called 2 Timothy. It's the second letter that we have that Paul wrote to the pastor Timothy, and in this letter he also uses some different language to communicate the same idea, that there is something called the faith, and he gives Timothy instructions about what to do with it. Now, we've already seen Ephesians 4 and Philippians 1 talk about this. But here are some places from 2 Timothy where Paul says something similar, but again, using slightly different words. In 2 Timothy 1, 13 and 14, he says, Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit 
entrusted to you. Now, there are two phrases in there I want us to pay particular attention to. One is the phrase, the pattern of sound words. The pattern of sound words. He calls him to follow, to hold on to this pattern of sound words. There are sound words, good words, healthy words that have been delivered to him, and there's a pattern right, that, uh, of those words that he is to hold on to. Right? And, and then he says it another way later when he says, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. That good deposit, I think, is the pattern of sound words, is the faith. And he is to guard it, he is to follow it, he is to hold on to it. That sounds to me like the same kind of thing, some kind of summary of the faith, some kind of body of core doctrines that Timothy has been taught and that Timothy has embraced, that Timothy is instructed to hold on to, and not only to hold on to, but to pass on to others. Later, in chapter 2 of 2 Timothy, verse 2, Paul says, What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So what Paul has said in front of lots of people, right, in the presence of many witnesses, those things that he has preached when everybody's listening, Paul says you take those things and you, you pass them on to faithful men who can then pass them on to others as well. So again, here too, Paul draws attention to certain things he has said that are to be passed on to others who will then teach others themselves, right? And then finally, one more verse that I think gives us a hint of what this pattern of sound words is, what this good deposit is, what it is that Timothy is to pass on, comes just a few verses later in 2 Timothy 2, verse 8, where he says, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. Perhaps, and I think it's likely, that that's the kind of summary, the kind of deposit, the kind of pattern of sound words that Paul had entrusted to Timothy, that Paul wanted Timothy to entrust to others. It centers around Jesus Christ. It draws attention to his resurrection, which of course implies his death on the cross. It also draws attention to the fact that he's the offspring of David. In other words, he's the fulfillment of the promises in the Old Testament about the king who would come. Right? Uh, and Paul says, as preached in my gospel, as this is what I declared to people. This is the good news. This is what people need to hear. So we're going to stop there and, and come back to this in the next session. In the next session, we're going to look at several places in Scripture that do the kind of thing 2 Timothy 2.8 does. They give us clear, succinct, memorable summaries of the core doctrines of the Christian faith. In other words, we're going to look at some passages in the New Testament that I think clearly answer the question for us, what did Jude mean and what did Paul mean by the faith? And so next time we'll look at those passages together. I'm looking forward to uh, looking at those with you. I hope this session, though, has drawn to your attention, if perhaps like me several years ago, you've never thought about this question before, I hope it's drawn to your attention that there is something the New Testament calls the faith that is a core body of doctrines, core beliefs that unite all Christians, that all Christians 
believe together. And that these doctrines are things that we ought to hold dearly, that we ought to, we ought to strive for together, we ought to contend for together, and that we ought to recognize we didn't come up with, we didn't create them. They were delivered to us and they don't change. And we should not only believe them, but hold on tightly to them. Look forward to seeing you, Lord willing, next time as we look at the New Testament to learn what some of those key doctrines, key truths are. God bless.